0: Welcome to Rocktown Emergencies. I'm your host, Paul Helmuth. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with the new Chief of Police of the Harrisonburg Police Department. Chief Eric English spent almost 30 years with the Richmond Police Department before coming to the city of Harrisonburg. After talking with several people who listened to our first episode, I decided to change things up just a little bit. This interview is done in two parts. In the first part, we talk about how Chief English ended up in law enforcement and what he did with the Richmond Police Department. I'm sitting here with uh, the new police chief, though he's been here seven months, uh, Chief Eric English from the, with the Harrisonburg Police Department. And uh, Chief English, I just figured we'd sit here and, and talk a little bit, and I'd ask you questions. And, and I figured I'd start with basically the beginning is, how did you get into law enforcement?
1: Well, I basically got into law enforcement through trial and error. Uh, it, honestly, I had no idea this is what I'd be doing for my career. Uh, I was in college at the University of Richmond had no idea what I wanted to do. I majored in criminal justice and sociology and still did not know the field that I wanted to pursue. Uh, I played basketball at the University of Richmond and every year we would have an FBI agent would come talk to the team about some of the pitfalls that you could get into uh, if you messed up. You know, Back then, point shaving was one of the things they always talked about. And every year that agent would come in, uh, I was intrigued by, F- by the FBI. So I was like, well, I, I, I might wanna try to join the FBI. And so I had a conversation with the agent and he basically told me that get some local law enforcement experience would help get into the, the agency. And so I said, well, I'll, I'll try it. You know, so that's what I did. I applied to the to Richmond. They were hiring uh, classes, three and four classes a year at that time. Uh, so I got hired by the, by, by Richmond PD uh, six months into the job. I just loved it. I knew I wasn't going anywhere. I had no aspirations of going to a federal agency. Uh, I knew this was a job that I wanted to do for the remainder of my career.
0: So in college, now I know, and the only reason I know this is because I I read several articles, you were with the uh, Richmond Spiders basketball team, 88-89. So this would have been about 1990?
1: Right. I joined the police department in 1989. I went to started the academy in October of 1989. Right, and I finished my field training in April of
0: 1990. Okay. All right, and when you left there, you were promoted to deputy chief, I think, in about 2011. Is 2011, that right? that's correct. All right, so for the last seven years that you were there, you were their deputy chief. The department has almost 1,000 employees, correct?
1: That is correct.
0: Okay. Right. So from the time that you were there, how many employees do you think were in with the Richmond Police Department back in 1990, 89, 90?
1: Ooh. When I left, we had 750 sworn. We were a lot at 750 sworn. I would suffice to say that uh, back then we was probably 600, maybe okay. 580, 600, right around in there when I first started.
0: Okay. Uh, so there was some growth. You probably had 20% growth in the time that you were there that you, that you saw. Oh, yes. And, of course, you started in patrol, as, as most police officers do. What else did you do throughout your career with the Richmond Police
1: Department? Well, as you said, I started in patrol. I worked patrol for about a year. I uh, went to a specialty unit. Uh, it's kind of like our set team here. It was called Selective Enforcement Unit. Uh, we basically were a unit to kind of put out the fires, whatever happened in that precinct. So if it was robberies, it was drug dealing, whatever, we were the unit that would tackle that. And I did that for about eight months, and then I went to a, a, a unit called Strike Force. Uh, and Strike Force was a unit uh, of individuals, and all our, all our focus was was drugs and guns. Uh, as you know, in the early 90s, the crack epidemic hit. Uh, there was a lot of violence that was going on in the city, and that was our sole focus: was try to remove as many guns off the street uh, and try to uh, arrest as many drug dealers as we can, the people that were plaguing our communities. Uh, so I did that for probably about f- about four years. Uh, probably the most fun I've had, you know, when I was in that in that particular unit. Some great, great group of guys.
0: So this was during the time in that Richmond was really the murder capital of the US
1: correct that is, that is correct. Uh, 1994 I think it was 1994 we had a uh, 161 homicides in, in the city of Richmond uh, so it was a very very violent city at that particular time.
0: And, and when you left how many did they were they averaging?
1: We were averaging well uh, I would say over my last over the last seven years that I was there when, uh, as deputy chief uh, we probably averaged about 40 44, 43 homicides a year.
0: I mean, that's a that's a huge difference.
1: Uh, you know, our lowest was in 2008. We had 32 homicides in 2008. That was the lowest that uh, I had ever seen in my career. Uh, and honestly, I, I think the people that had been there for a while never, never thought we'd get to that to that point uh, because it was just such a violent city. And so it was a lot of work, a lot of effort that was put into the, the change in that environment. Community played a huge role uh, in, in changing that environment, and that's why. Uh, while there's still a lot, lot too much violence going on in that city, that's why it's at the level it is now because of all the community cooperation that took place.
0: Did did the police department you you did selective enforcement specifically in the strike force that you were on looking at guns and drugs? Did the police department change anything in their tactics during that time? to drop it other than just the selective enforcement? You know, you talked about the community. What did the police department do to help decrease that number?
1: Well, I would say <clears throat> during that time, there was, I would say there was not a lot of proactive programs that were put in place that was specifically targeting reduction in that crime. Uh, our thought process that at that time was, you know, you get, a, get rid of the bad guys, crime is going to go down. Uh, and that's how we fought it for a, an extended period of time. Uh, not saying that we didn't implement other programs in, in in our department. You know there were a lot of youth programs. We had PAL going on back then. We had Dare going on then. So there were a lot of programs that we that were enacted during that time. But our sole focus was you arrest people. Eventually they're going to you're going to get those individuals off the street and crimes going to go down. Right. Well, we saw that didn't work because it we did that for an extended period of time, and then as the years went on, this focus started to change. You know we figured we had to change the mentality of how we were how we were operating. Uh, we had to get the public more involved, the citizens more involved and more engaged, because during that time there was a lot of people who were really afraid, afraid to speak out, afraid to say anything. You could have a daytime homicide at, at noon during the day with 100 people out and nobody would give you any, any information about it. And so at that point in time, you know, we started to figure, you know, late 90s, early 2000s, it was like, you got we gotta change the way we're, we're operating. Uh, and so we started, started doing a lot more community policing, not that we wouldn't community policing before, but we really, really got more engaged in community policing and started to increase it. Uh, and that's how it kind of changed the environment because the public got more involved and we got more engaged with the people that we were serving.
0: Well, in, 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 in your description of that, I think about the war on drugs and the, the fact that people talk about, you know, the war on drugs, we've been losing that war for years and years. And maybe it's the change in approach that you, you really need to do to fix, to, to work on a solution for that.
1: Well, I would say that's the, that's what changed for us in Richmond. Uh, is is the focus was was much different uh, because it just goes back to what you just talked about. The war on drugs has been going on for a long time, and we not we didn't were not seeing any difference in the homicide rate. Uh, and our focus started to change. Drugs have been here since I started the police department. I'm sure they'll, they they will probably be here when I when I leave this the, this profession because it's just a, a high demand for it. And so one of the things we tried to start doing was not necessarily just arresting. Drug dealers, but going after individuals that were committing the violence, because those were the two things that was killing us. So, uh, those individuals that had a propensity for committing violence, committing homicides, shootings, those were the individuals that we were trying to remove from the streets, because those were the ones that were creating the problems. Right. Um, and that's when you started. That's when we started to see our violence start to go down, along with getting the community more involved. We just got more engaged, uh, made people feel a lot safer about talking to us. Uh, and so you started to see people really start to speak out uh, and start. So we started making quick, quick arrests on homicides because one of the things we were seeing was retaliation homicides. Somebody would get killed. And so their buddy or boy would go back and try to kill whoever did that. So we started getting quick arrests and being able to remove those that had the potential to get shot or get killed off the street. And so we started to see our homicide rate start to go down. Uh, and it, it kind of turned a corner maybe around in 2000. i say around 2004, 2005, we started to see the decline. Uh, and it's just been steady. It would have, it started started being steady from that point on.
0: Okay, so you know, back in the mid nineties, you were on on this strike team. What did you do after that?
1: After that, I uh, I worked in property crimes for about two years. I was a property crimes detective for about two years, uh, and I had done pretty much everything I wanted to do as an officer. Uh, and then that's when I said I'm I'm, I'm going to supervisor rank. So in nineteen ninety six. Uh, I took the test to be a sergeant, got promoted in 1996 as a sergeant, uh, and I went straight to a bike unit. I was a bike so, bike sergeant. Uh, one of the most interesting assignments I could ever have. You'd be on a bicycle and couldn't believe that you were policing on a bike, but it was just a great assignment. I did that for probably about a year, and then I went over to the training academy, and I was at the training academy for five and a half years as a training sergeant.
0: So what was dur- what, during your time? in the training academy, and I don't know how Richmond's is set up, what was your focus or did it vary with recruits or was it continuing education? What was your focus while you were there?
1: My focus was, was the continuing education part. So uh, I tracked all in-service. Uh, I implemented our in-service training. Um, I, I, I tracked all classes that individuals would attend, whether it be in-house or out uh, outside. Uh, and I, I had some interaction with, within our recruits, but that wasn't my main focus. I mean, my main focus was in service. And so that's what I dealt with. And we, used, we would have ch- at least two classes every year that would go through. Uh, sometimes there were three classes at one time that was going through at, at, our, at our academy.
0: How long is Richmond's academy?
1: Six months. Six months. Yes. Okay. Yeah. All
0: right. And uh, after you left the academy, what was your next assignment?
1: Uh, I got promoted from the academy in uh, 2003. Uh, I was promoted to lieutenant. Uh, and I went back, went back to the field. I went back to a precinct, uh, and I was executive lieutenant at, at at first precinct in Churchill. I did that for about two years. Uh, it was my old stomping ground because that's where I started patrol in Churchill, and I went back there. And so after about two years, I, I took the test again and got promoted to captain in uh, 2005. Um, and I was the third precinct commander for uh, at, at third precinct. Uh, I took over a precinct that had about 104 sworn officers. Uh, maybe another six or seven civilian personnel that were there. Uh, that was very uh, that was very enlightening to me because at, at that point in time we had turned the corner uh, on our on our violent crime. Violent crime was still fairly high for a CDR size, but it was nowhere near where it was in in the mid nineties. And so it was enlightening to have be be able to manage the precinct at that particular time. And I did that for about uh, about three years. And in two thousand eight, I was promoted to major. Okay. Uh, and so at that time, I I oversaw two of the precincts. We had four precincts at the time, and I was a, I oversaw two of those precincts. Uh, and then that became a point wherein we kind of changed our structure, and I was oversaw all the precincts. So I did that for a period of time. Uh, and
0: no, were you the only major no, at that time? No,
1: no, it was about uh, I want to say there were four, there were five majors. Okay. Uh, I I, t- I had. At, like I said, at one point I had two precincts, the other major man, the other two precincts. Uh, then we had a major over major, we had a major that oversaw uh support services unit, uh, major crimes. Um, we had a major over internal affairs. Uh, and so I, I over, like I said, I oversaw the precinct for a couple years and then uh, the chief came to me and asked me to, to take over internal affairs and I did that for a year. I was very skeptical of taking over internal affairs but I did that for about 12 months uh, and I and I told the chief at that time I said you know please don't leave me in internal affairs for a long period of time right so I did I actually I did that for about 14 months uh and so I, it, it was very very good experience you know to see the other side other side of police so
0: so in a department of 1000 employees 750 officers how big was their Richmond's internal affairs department
1: you had uh at that time, you had four supervisors and I want to say six six detectives okay. uh, that man uh, internal affairs unit. Okay, uh, and you know, and unfortunately, in, in, in a side department that size, you stay pretty busy. Sure. Uh, so, you know, I think we did a good job of policing ourselves, and I think a lot of people don't, a lot of the public doesn't understand that. I don't realize how well we police ourselves because it's not like we put that information out there about right. what we've done to our employees, but. You know our employees do sometimes make bad bad choices. Sometimes they make mistakes, uh, and we just have to hold people accountable. And that's what we, that's what we try to do in in Richmond.
0: Well, even in a department the size of Harrisonburg, you have someone assigned to that role.
1: I do, so. I do. You know, I'll I say the big difference here is is that we don't stay nowhere near as busy as we did in in Richmond, which is a good thing. That right. means our employees are doing something right. Okay. Um, and so, but again, you know, when they do make mistakes or they mess up. We, you know, it's important for us to make sure we hold them accountable.
0: So after you finished your 14 months in internal affairs, what was next?
1: Well, I got promoted. Uh, that was in 2011. I, that's when I got promoted to deputy chief and I was in charge of, uh, patrol. Uh, I oversaw patrol for four, for five years. Um, the chief came to me after five years in patrol because patrol is, was my, was my heart. You know, that's why I, I did most of my work coming up through the agency. Um, And after about five years, the chief came to me and said, Eric, do you want to try something different? And I said, sure, because experience means everything. So I I, I took over support services at that time. And support services involved all the specialty units. So if there was a specialty, whether it be K9, mounted, SWAT team, uh, hostage negotiator, major crimes, any of our youth program, SROs, all those things fell under support services. So I had a, a variety of of units that I was in charge of, and it, it gave me some really, really great experience in doing that.
0: I want to thank Chief English for spending time with me. Join me next time where we continue the interview with Chief English and we discuss about his time here in Harrisonburg. You can follow the Harrisonburg Police Department on Twitter at Harrisonburg PD. You can also find them on Facebook at the Harrisonburg Police Department. You can follow Rocktown Emergencies on Facebook at Rocktown Emergencies. Or do a search on Twitter for Our Emergencies or Rocktown Emergencies. You can also email me at rocktownemergencies at gmail.com. My name's Paul Helmuth with Rocktown Emergencies, and until next time, be safe.